Good morning. My name is Dwayne Spearman, and welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is November the 6th, and we still find ourselves studying through the book of Romans, uh, Romans, the book of Acts today, the book of Acts. So, you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there, click there, whatever you need to do. Um, today in Central Virginia, it's 43 degrees, so nice and nippy, but uh you know, we're still in the fall, so it's going to get up into the mid-70s today. Beautiful, beautiful time of year. I love living in Central Virginia because there are four distinct seasons. Every other place I've ever lived, uh, it's just been hot and hotter. <laughs> uh, I lived in, uh, of course, as a child, I lived in South Carolina. That was quite comfortable. Uh, and then New Orleans, Louisiana. Louisiana gets pretty cold. It's a wet cold. Um, and of course, South Texas, and then from there, uh, Central and La- Central and South America, hot and hotter. Uh, but uh, anyway, beautiful, beautiful time of year here in Central Virginia. So, and of course, we still don't know who our next president is, uh, but uh, we know who our God is, and. Uh, you know, we're just going to be faithful to what he's called us to do regardless. So uh, so let's go ahead and uh, good morning, Matt. God bless you, brother. 56 degrees in Texas. Hope you're doing well this morning, my brother. Upper, upper 70s. So temperature, the weather is pretty similar uh, between us and you. Of course, you live in the, the upper part of Texas. Uh, so I guess that would probably... Um, account for that. My sister lives down in Houston, so uh, I know that uh, they're still a little warm down there. But uh, but anyway, just a little light banter there. Uh, let's go ahead and look in Acts chapter number 44 degrees. Good morning, Scott, and South Kakilaki, South Carolina. Uh, next week, I'm going to be up in Ohio. I wonder what the temperature is going to be up there. <laughs> I'm going to be up in Circleville and Cedarville, Ohio, so uh, next week. So I'll, I'm, I'll be taking the show on the road next week. So anyway, be praying for me as I travel. I'm sure the foliage will be a whole lot different. It's almost, well, it's almost gone here in Central Virginia. I assume up there it's probably completely gone. But, uh, but anyways, I bet you the temps are a little cooler there than it is here for sure, so all right, last time we were together, we were in Acts chapter number 27, and we find Paul sailing to Rome. Of course, he's already, you know, given uh, his defense for the Jewish council, for Felix, for Festus, for Agrippa. Nobody could find anything wrong with him, but they sent him anyway. Political expediency, as we we talked about. So, um, uh, so in chapter number 27, he sails to Rome. And, uh, of course, you know, obviously Paul was under a very loose house arrest here. I mean, he was able to visit. He was able to bring his own friends with him. Obviously, uh, he was not a great flight risk. <laughs> probably, probably if he had ran, he would have been doing him a favor. Uh, but, you know, God had a plan for Paul, and Paul was going to Rome. 
and to Rome he was going to go. Um, and of course, you know, we worked our way, I guess, the day before yesterday. Um, Paul, you know, perceived after a while that uh, there was, they were going into a storm and things were going to be bad. And uh, of course, you know, when I used to pastor a Baptist church, I'd always point out that uh, this was the first uh, vote that took place in the Bible. <laughs> And of course, because uh, in verse number 10, he said, Sirs, I perceive this voyage is going to be with hurt, much damage, not only of the laden and the ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship. So there you go. Your first, uh, your first vote taken in the Bible and the ship crashed. So, but anyway. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we uh, come into verse number 13 and of course, they go into this tempestuous wind, which is where we get the word typhoon. Euroclidon is where we get the word northeaster. And, of course, the, they let her drive. That means they just they couldn't hold it anymore. They just let the wheel spin. They couldn't control the rudder because of the, the water. And, of course, uh, uh, they under, under running a certain island called Claudia, um, and then they had, uh, when it says we had much work to come by the boat, that's referring to trying to get the lifeboat um, up in the boat so they wouldn't lose it. And they undergirded the ship, you know, and undergirding the ship, you remember we talked about, we talked about, they called it flapping. Uh, frapping is what they called it uh, when they actually threw cords off one side of the boat, pulled them up on the other side, and tied them so that the ship would not break apart by the waves. That sounds like one heck of a ride. I would not have wanted to be on that ship at all. <laughs> that was not the good ship lollipop. Uh, it was not the place to be. <laughs> and, of course, uh, they started throwing things over overboard. They started throwing uh, tackling overboard. Uh, and they had not seen neither sun nor stars in many days because of the storm. Uh, no small tempest, and of course, and we, uh, they had lost all hope, you know, that uh, they were going to survive this uh, bad boy. Uh, man, that, that would have been horrible. Like I said, I was on a ship one time. We were doing 60-degree rolls in the Indian Ocean. Uh, 60 degrees, uh, that is almost perpendicular to the water. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Matter of fact, it cracked the superstructure on the ship that we were on. And shortly after the storm, we had to, we had to dock it. I think we docked it in the in South Korea, and, and they gave us another ship. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a bad way to go. And can you imagine them on this little wooden ship here? Uh, it must have been pretty bad. Um, so anyway... Uh, Paul turns around and, you know, he says, after long abstinence, Paul stood in the midst of them. That means that they had not eaten anything. And if you've ever been seasick, uh, you don't eat when you're seasick. Uh, they'll try to force uh, saltines or, or crackers on you to dry up the moisture in your stomach, but um, you don't eat when you're sick. Um, and of course, uh, Paul he says, sirs, you have sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. There it is. I told you so. Uh, you shouldn't have loosed from Crete. And, 
and we wouldn't be in this situation if you would have just listened to me. Uh, now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but you're going to lose the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God of whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought unto Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee uh, all them that sail with thee. Um, and then he begins here, and he says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe in God, that it shall be even as it told me. So Paul offers some encouragement, but also says we must be cast upon a certain island. Because in verse 26, he says, how be it we must be cast upon a certain island. So Paul had been given pretty specific instructions uh, from this angel. In other words, everybody's going to survive, but the ship's going to be lost, but you're going to need to be cast upon this island. No details as to why, but that it, it's what the angel told him to do. You know, and that the way the Lord works with us too. I mean, um, I just found in my ministry and in my life, God doesn't give me the answer to why very often. Uh, he just tells you to do it. You know, I think of, uh, you know, when God had called Abraham, he said, uh, was it Abraham? Yeah, leave your people, leave your kinfolk, and go to a place that I will show you. Um, you know, he didn't give him all the specifics. He just told him, do what I tell you to do, and I'll do what I want to do. You know, and that's, that's true with God. God, uh, you know, that the, the just shall live by what? Faith. Uh, if God gave us all the answers, we probably wouldn't need faith, would we? So uh, at least that's the way it works with me. Maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm slow, but God rarely gives me all the details. He just tells me one step at a time. It's like that old song, you remember? Uh, one day at a time. Uh, that's all I need to know. Um, so maybe already, maybe God already knew that the people on that island would respond and needed Paul's ministry. You know, uh, for example, he's going to end up healing Publius's father, who would have already been sick with the fever. So we'll find that out down in Acts chapter number twenty-eight. So you know, God's got reasons why He picks us up and drops us off someplace else, and you know, it's just like Philip. You know, he gets picked up and dropped somewhere, and God's got some ministry opportunity for him there. And uh, we just got to find God and everything he puts us in, find what he's doing, get involved. Uh, and then notice in verse number 27, But when the fourteenth night was come, uh, as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight the shipmen deemed that they should draw near to some country, and sounded... And found it twenty fathoms, and when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it to be fifteen fathoms. Then, fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for day. Um, I believe the fourteenth night speaks of the fourteenth night since the storm started. In other words, they had been bobbing around in this ship for fourteen. Nights and they hadn't eaten anything <clears throat> until Paul stood up and said, "You need to eat something." Uh, notice that they sounded and it's and it found it twenty fathoms, and then they found again 
15 fathoms, which means, obviously, that they were running toward the shore. They were approaching land. I looked it up to sound back then meant, meant to cast out a line with a lead on it into the water to determine the depth. In other words, you just threw it over the, the, the side of the ship, you let it drop until there was slack in the uh, rope, and that told them uh, how close they were or what the depth was. Today we use sonar, uh, different, big difference. But, you know, that's what they used to do, use, so that's what it means to sound. And I know in the Navy they still use that word sound as well. Uh, so in this case, a fathom is about five to six feet, so they were about 90 to 120 feet of water when they first um, sounded. So now they're getting closer, and they know they're coming closer to shore. And notice it says, then fearing they should have fallen upon rocks. Obviously, they can't. They've apparently lost control of the ship, so this was not going to be a soft landing. They, they, were, they, they felt out of control of the ship, and obviously it's a rocky shore. Uh, so they cast out anchors, and of course the reason they did that was to hopefully stop themselves from being cast up onto the shore, possibly upon the rocks, which, is, which rocks and wood don't get along very well, as you know. And then in, in verse number 30, <clears throat> And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea, that's referring to the lifeboat, under color. Now, under color is an interesting word in the King James. It literally means under pretense, as though. In other words, it, they were pretending, they were, they were feigning that they would have cast the anchors out of the foreship. Paul said to Centurion and to the soldiers, except you abide in this ship, you cannot be saved. Uh, so Paul must have had a suspicion that the crew was about to make a break for it. Uh, because notice it says, as they let down the boat into the sea, the lifeboat, <laughs> uh, and obviously uh, Paul wasn't on it, uh, under the pretense as though they were going to cast anchors out of the foreship. So again, the word color means pretense, which is to pretend or to feign. The words as though, in other words, they were acting as if they were going to do it. At this point, Paul spoke up to the centurion and said, except you abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Uh, so as they were dry, dropping the lifeboat, um, Paul warns them they need to stop because everybody needed to stay on the ship. And then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall. Uh, so at this point, they drop the lifeboat into the water. Um, and then notice in verse 33, And all while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you've tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. So obviously, like I said, they had not eaten because they were uh, seasick for sure. <clears throat> the worst part for me being in the ocean, and I've been on what they call West Packs, where they take Marines and they shove them into these little flat-bottom boats. I've been on... Um, 
on uh, aircraft carriers, oh my goodness, uh, they have pool tables uh, on those things. Those things are huge. Um, I mean, it's like living on a in a city in the water. Uh, then I've been on helo carriers like the Peleliu, which is carries helicopters, L- smaller, <clears throat> but they always stuck us on little flat bottom uh, landing ship tanks (LSTs), which which is absolutely uh, horrible. So no doubt there was a lot of seasickness going on, and seasickness is usually accompanied by vomiting. Um, there was two places in the Marine Corps where you were going to see uh, uh, Marines vomit. <laughs> that was on a ship and a helicopter, uh, especially if you're nauseous. If you get car sick, yeah, that's, that's, that's your lot. That's where you're going. And I was one of those. It takes a while to get your sea legs, for sure. It's, it's, not, it's not fun. So Paul says you need, to, you need to eat something. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. Anybody notice here that Paul's in charge at this point? <laughs> He's the one that has taken control. Um, the Roman centurions, they're just listening to what he's got to say. They have cast themselves upon the mercy of the court. Uh, they are listening to Paul. Obviously, Paul had gained some kind of respect from them. They're listening to him at this point. And I, and I think that's true. I think when there's an, uh, if you, if I, the word anointing, if there's, there's just something on you where God just supernaturally comes upon you. Um, and, and, you know, some people are just leaders, you know. The vast majority of people in this world are followers. Uh, they think they're leaders. <laughs> but the vast majority of people, as soon as the bottom drops out, they're going to get in line. Uh, it's the ones that step to the front uh, that are few. Um, but uh, so Paul's obviously uh, calling the shots here. And when he had thus spoken, uh, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of the all and the all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And then they were all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And we were all in the ship, 200, three score, and 16 souls. So the very first time we find out, there's a lot of people on board this ship. And when they had taken enough, they lighted the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. Um, So, again... Paul's obviously in charge at this point. He encouraged them, you need to eat something, get your strength back. You've went without food for 14 days now uh, since the storm storm started. Um, And very interesting, verse number 35, notice who he gives the credit to for all that's happening. Thanks to God. He knows that it's God that's keeping them safe. This is also one verse that is used for us to bless our food before each meal, because Paul did it. Um, so a lot of people bow their heads. I was taught as a child to do that. I don't always do that and I'm not legalistic about it. I don't, you know, but, uh, that's where it comes from. Um, so, uh, then let's see, uh, man, let's see how far still got, let's see if we can get down through there. Verse 39, cause this is my last study of the week. Uh, and when it was day, they, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek um, with a shore into the which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust the ship. Uh, 
And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves into the sea, loosed the rudder bands, hoist the mainsail to the wind, and, excuse me, made for shore. And falling into a place where two seas meet, they ran the ship aground. And the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken up, excuse me, because of the violence of the waves. So, they're still looking for land when they saw what appeared to be a bay with a beach, and they decided to aim for it. So, in other words, they were going to take back control of the ship. To do that, it says they pulled up the anchors. Now, other translations, and then the King James, it, it's in italics where it says they pulled up the anchors. Um, it, it just means they cut them loose. Um, they cut loose the anchors. Um, and and uh, lowered the rudders back down into the water. The old ship, you had the ability, just like you raise up a motor on a motorboat, um, some of the old ones, um, the rudders, they put them back down into the water so that they could start taking control again. They raised the main sail so that they could gain the wind and they aim for shore. Uh, remember earlier that they let go of the wheel. So now they're taking back control of the ship. And finally, the ship rams ashore, and the hinder part of the ship is broken up because of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners. Yeah, wait a minute. We just ate bread together. <laughs> you know? I mean, their, their counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But a centurion, the centurion, willing to save Paul and keep them from their purpose, commanded they should swim. They could swim. Anyone that could swim should cast themselves into the sea and get to the land. And the rest, some on board, some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. I can't help but happen. What happened to the lifeboat? I mean, they, they, were, they were worried about that lifeboat, but... Uh, Unless I missed something, it doesn't appear that the lifeboat helped very much. Um, they must have lost it. But there's no doubt that God had granted favor to Paul in the eyes of the centurion and that he goes against the counsel of the others. You remember at first it was kind of a vote going on, but now, man, he was looking at Paul as the beacon of hope. Uh, so he goes against the counsel of the others, and he says, you know what, we're not going to kill these guys. The ones that can swim... Throw yourself into the sea, uh, float, do what you got to do to get to land. And again, this was uh, this was pretty risky for him because in Roman, it was life for life. I mean, if any of those prisoners uh, escaped, it was going to be their necks. Uh, again, it reminds me of the favor that God showed Daniel with the hands of Melzar, uh, who allowed them to try their vegetarian diet instead of eating the king's meat. And this has to be just the fact that God had had placed Paul into a position of favor uh, with the just like He did with Lysias, um, and in the end, God miraculously delivered all souls on board. So that completes chapter number thirty uh, twenty-seven. Uh, we only have one chapter left, and it is not chapter thirty-eight; it's chapter twenty-eight. And uh, it's a pretty deep chapter. I've already started wading out into it. It's where Paul's going to wrap it all up, where the book of Acts is going to stop. 
Uh, so uh, we'll talk about that, I guess, next week, Tuesday. So uh, good to see you guys. Um, Mac, yep, they cut loose. That's what they did. They just let her go. <laughs> God bless you two guys. Hope you have a great day. And uh, well, next time we meet will be Sunday morning. Um, and then after that study, I'll probably be heading out. Uh, but uh, uh, And then Tuesday morning, probably we'll be able to get together. Uh, again, I'll be on the road, so it may be just audio, but we'll make it happen. But God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day.